And well, anyway, J- JJ, it's a good thing I had you muted because you were talking about spending money on puzzles. Welcome, everybody, to the Sea <laughs> Countdown. I'm Sammy Gonzalez, aka The Excellence. Welcome to uh, slightly new and improved. We got a new background here. I think it's going to stay. I might make some adjustments, make, maybe make some size adjustments, but otherwise, looks good on my end. Hi, once again, Sammy Gonzalez. And joining me to my left, we have. I'm JJ, and, and I spend too much money on puzzles. <laughs> <laughs> And down under me, in a, yes, in general, that way direction, we have... I, I'm TJ. I have nothing witty or funny to say. Uh... <laughs> Tommy, yeah! It's Sunday. <laughs> oh, I'm Tommy. Uh, I have some witty things to say. I'm, so. I'm just saying, yeah, look it. Yeah. I'm just saying, TJ goes, man, Sundays are the best day for me. And so we pick a time, and he goes, later the better. And he goes, okay, I'm. don't give a fuck, I'm tired. It's like... Wait a minute, this is your idea. <laughs> TJ. No, let me tell y'all. So Sundays are my best day, right? Mm-hmm. But when you tell me early on in the week that Saturday is the day we're recording, then I move on my shit to accommodate that. And then Sunday no longer becomes the better day. And then when the day before the day of, y'all niggas be like, it's now Sunday and TJ's just okay. Well, yes, I am because I'm going to make and accommodate this because it's important. Well, fuck y'all. I'm not wrong. We're lucky to even have him. <laughs> right. Take this as a gift. He's a very busy man. Right, yeah. right, right. He's got dinner cooking. He's, he's got a girl with a dinner cooking right now. He showed us in the pre-show. So it's like he, he's got other things and other places to be. But no, not yet. Because today we are talking about the top five or just general five, depending on how you want to do it. Definitive black media so marcos was like bro that sounds real aggressive i don't know what the fuck that means. <laughs> and i'm like he really did definitive yeah. i'm like he was like i don't know about that one now <laughs> that's a little definitive that's a little makes much. it sound like we're saying that we're the ultimate authority on this i know that's not how you mean it right but that's the way it can be read but hey we are the ultimate authority <laughs> right well technically i mean two i'm are. not right i'm not <laughs> i'm for sure not <laughs> and, and, see, and my thing's definitely into the context of what i consider to be the the ultimate representations of such because i know black folk i'm not a black folk but <laughs> I, I've been around enough to know, and I've know, and I study media for God's sakes, so I can understand the influence of the Black American, Black person in general, on every culture, on American culture, on the world culture. So that's how I was able to come at it. And I, so actually, I didn't even go by like what I thought was the best. I picked five different kind of categories of media, and picked the best representation of either a Black creator, Black artist, or representation of black culture jj you picked five iterations of will smith (laughs) (laughs) from our understanding very close how'd you go about this list i went about it based on uh five different types of predominantly black led media uh so it could be like a black uh, creator behind the scenes or it could just be that hey this has a, a a predominantly black lead or a black cast mm-hmm. uh, that made a, an impact on me or that I just thoroughly enjoyed. Gotcha. And then uh, TJ, how'd you go about this list? All about impact towards myself, right? Um, to me, I think that much like with any list, you know, it's always personable, right? But especially when it comes to definitive black subjects, you know, as as uh, JJ was saying, you know, we we aren't the council and kind of 
like standpoint for all black media um and the definite even the definition of blackness is so um you know transcends just what's textbook and so what might resonate is you know of black media to one is like really being high up there right i resonate the same matter so i had a really deep personal ties to these ones didn't really gather from every category like you did but mm-hmm. all the ones that hit me on the nose that i also know um were widespread in their impact in variables right so i'm not going to say like you know mo money's not about to be on this list like <laughs> <laughs> wait 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 is, is pootie tang a wrong answer <laughs> not in my opinion, it's not. No, not in my opinion. <laughs> the fact it's stop not stealing my list, all right? <laughs> oh my god. Well, Tommy, how did you go about your approach? Uh kind of the exact opposite of TJ. I have uh, yeah, I have five categories. It's it's more I don't want to call it obscure, but to me it's it's a lot of things that show black people in a way, you know that a lot of people don't know about. So a lot of the things on my list you probably haven't heard of, but you should. And I think it's a good representation of of Black people and in whatever particular medium it's in. I think I have, you know, everything covered from movies, TV. Uh, got a comic on there. So, yeah, yeah, that's how my list is going. All right. Well, uh, let's see. So we'll leave Tommy since he was most... Uh, I was gonna say lucrative. That's not the right word. Yeah. I, I'm, it's a, it's a slow no day money. for me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Gung ho, I guess. TJ, yeah. uh, I'm okay with mine, so we'll start strong. JJ's look unconfident. TJ, <laughs> TJ has his list that's gonna be good, and then Tommy, you're gonna come out with the, the weird stuff because I tended to went weird stuff in the positive sense. I saw your face. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I went with more broader American culture. Period. So that's what I'm gonna go with. So my number five. Uh, and once again, these are not in any order of importance, but more so kind of, I think, just kind of building the narrative of experience with uh, mm-hmm. black culture. So my number uh, five comes from the world of television. My number five is easily Chappelle's show. That's my number five. That, to me, is so indicative of humor, black humor, the black insight when it comes to comedy, and quite frankly, I watched it like every episode when I wasn't supposed to when I was like 14 when it came out like in the, was it 0304 or oh, two yeah, yeah 03, or maybe even earlier than that yeah so I was 13 14 years old you guys know my history of not being able to watch Simpsons and other crash shows I snuck this one this was a show I snuck every you, week you can watch the Simpsons you absolutely snuck that one yeah out. yeah so like I mean we're looking at this right here I don't know if you guys can even uh, hear it or if it's going to be an issue probably I'm not going to try to go with it too much but um you're telling me that a black white supremacist as a sketch. <laughs> I mean, there you go. And by Edward, I mean, there, I said it like, no, it's so crazy that one, this was able to air the way it, when it did at the time it did, because one, nobody really heard of Dave Chappelle. I mean, he was in what uh, half baked at this point, Robin Hood men in tights and yeah. a couple other things. And then he was in Which Kanye. I watched yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's pinball. And he just kind of <laughs> shot to the moon with this stuff. Here, let me see if I can. There you go. As a black, white supremacist, the first episode. This is absolutely brilliant. And so for me to walk into a room and say, hey, uh, Spell Show is one of the greatest television shows of all time, let alone a black-led television show. I don't think anybody could say anything to me without an issue. So, um, yeah. My number five, Chappelle Show for Definitive. Good JJ, JJ, what is your number five? Five or your first pick. My first, this is 
like probably the weakest in terms of uh i guess it's going to be like the most controversial one so that's why i'm leading off with it but it is from the world of video games and that is grand theft auto san andreas Ooh, good pick. Ooh. i like that i like that yeah. right so it's it's just it's basically like every 90s gangster movie you've ever seen just a video game now right but, <laughs> so that's why like you can say that it like plays into like racial stereotyping or something but it's like you can't deny that it's like one of the best games on the ps2 and it's a predominantly black cast which you and never really saw Nah, exactly video games nope exactly yeah it's the top selling game on the ps2 and dj Pooh has a writing credit on it which i just found out on wikipedia nice. so. <laughs> you right friday to help right friday <laughs> he deserves it. yeah yeah <laughs> but uh and yeah it, it was it's like probably one of the best grand theft auto games even to like this day up until five came around and like sort of overtook it it was the one that people most fondly remembered. Um, it also has the best soundtrack, I think. Like, even the metal songs in San Andreas are, like, fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good pick. It's a great pick. I mean, I, I never played this one. I only played four. That was the first one I got to. So the fact that you picked the one from California, San Andreas, <laughs> I'll take that as a win. TJ, what is your number five or your fifth pick? So this is probably uh, the first movie on my list. Um, probably, um, I think this dabbles into Tommy's camp. And I'm sorry if it is ends up on being on your list, but I think it might not be because we, we talk about this movie a lot. Yeah. But for me, my number five is actually going to be dope. Um, Ooh, that's, good. that's a good one. That's a solid pick, um, yeah. I, so a lot of what you know we accentuate and talk about with African-American culture not necessarily falls into stereotypes, but, you know, there's a lot of tried and true areas of conversation and some different sort of notions that you obviously expect that goes with African-Americans, right? Like, you know, we're going to like hip hop. We're going to like X, Y, and Z. Dope counterbalances all of that, right? Mm -hmm. He's a dorky kid. He's a nerd. He falls with the rock of all types of music. Like, and there's a lot of different elements of, like, yes, he has hip hop. Yes, he has a lot of different flavors. And it almost feels like a 90s-esque movie, but it, it shows other aspects to Af African-Americanism and just blackness in and of itself that you don't obviously get to see, right? It doesn't shy away that he's a black kid, but it's not as though he is, it's just, it was the first instance where I was like able to go along that journey and be like, I'm like this kid where, I don't fall into the average camps of blackness all the time, right? I have these things I vibe with. You know, I like rock. I'm going to vibe with that. I like EDM, different things of that nature, just as much as I like hip hop. And so all of those things led me to really resonate with this. Nah, it's a movie that I've been wanting to see, and I just haven't been able to catch it. I, I don't know where it's at anymore. I know it was on Netflix for the longest time. Yeah. Is it still there? Yeah. I wonder. It might be. But I'm it's, sure you can find it on one of those streaming services. Yeah, because it's it just... I, I, I saw it on Plus. the... <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> I'm not getting Paramount Plus. Paramount is not a name I associate with any movie. I'm sorry. And this is an independent film, right? I forgot the director yeah. of this. Forrest it's Whitaker's a, in it. Zoe Kravitz. Yeah. I want to say Kerry Fukunaga directed it. I might be yeah. wrong about that. Mm -hmm. You're correct. Okay, yeah. No, oh, no. There you go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> nah, but, <laughs> I don't want to be wrong. 
Nah, yeah. nah, but that was one thing I wished as a 90s kid is that I could grow a high top fade. That dream is dead. Bro, I, I, I've always wished I had a good head for a fucking high top fade. I can never do it. <laughs> I go out, not up. Yeah, it's uh, Rick, Rick, Rick Famu. I can't pronounce that shit, but he's black. So, yeah, no, definitely not kidding. <laughs> okay. Well, Tommy. Yes. That brings us to your number five. See, TJ kind of set me up pretty nice here because uh, my number five is going to be a television show. It's going to be Atlanta. Oh, mm. yes. Yeah. yeah, probably my favorite show in the history of shows. And the reason I put this on here is because kind of similar to Dope. It's funny how Dope kind of makes fun of Donald Glover a little bit. And, you know, here we go with Atlanta. But, like, it's I've never seen anything this creative from a black mind, as far as television goes, or really in general. It's the, probably the most creative show I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's the fact that you can't pinpoint a genre on it. You can't, you know, it's horror one minute, comedy the next minute, drama the next minute. One episode's completely different from the other episode. You don't know what to expect, but it always hits a point to where it just reflects on kind of black people and black culture. And like one of my favorite episodes is the episode where they make it in front of uh, BET. And it's like this fake show with fake commercials and everything. And it's a one commercial where it's like uh, the tricks rabbit, but it's a werewolf. Uh, <laughs> I'm right there with you. It's so good. It's mm. so great. And it's so I'm subtle the way they put it. shit like that in there. And it's just, it's fucking brilliant, man. It's just pure brilliance. And I, it's hard to even explain. Like I'm sitting here trying to explain it. And I can't. You just I mean, can't explain it. You I have mean, to watch it. And, and I'm not going to put any audio in there. But yeah, it's just like this is a part of the same show I just showed you a few seconds ago. <laughs> this anim- whole ass animated feature in the middle of it. Yes. With pharaohs and dogs, coyotes, or whatever the fuck. He just wants some cereal, but you know he is black, so you know you can't just take cereal without getting beat by the police. Is he about to get beaten by the police he's about right? To now. Get beat by the police. Yeah. They're like there's a line where like he's just like like one of the girls is like, man, he just wants some cereal. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, Tommy, I think that's a solid pick. I, yeah. I think we've gone pretty much unfazed through round one of definitive. So yeah. guys, it's not that hard. It's just that it's picking the, the, the nuggets of gold out of the tons of tons of references and, and things that black people have gifted us out over of, the years. Out of all that Tyler Perry bullshit, Tyler is- Perry bullshit, <laughs> Miley Cyrus inventing twerking bullshit. Yeah. Oh God. Um, also I feel bad just real quick as a side note, I feel bad for my DoorDash guy. Cause he can't get through the gate and uh, yeah. So I guess nobody's getting their food tonight, but <laughs> My number four is going to be from the world of... I forget what my number four is. Uh, movies. So here's the thing. I, I I don't watch a lot of movies. You guys know. Um, so this one's actually was um, not state-sponsored, but it was required by the school. The school made me sit down and watch this. And for someone who eventually went on to study film and media studies and study how movies and, and uh, just generally TV impacts the world and impacts American culture. My number five is a little bit of a cheat. It is a movie. It's movie length, but it is known as a mini series. And my number four is roots because I watched roots and I was like, Oh my God, everyone says this is the saddest shit. Like I was going in as a cocky asshole of a child or teenager at the least. Um, and I was like, okay, it can't be that good. And then you start watching it. It's like, okay, okay. Where's Kunta Kanta? I want to see. Oh, Oh shit. 
oh shit, this is just getting realer and it just keeps getting realer and realer. And yes. and then you start watching it as you go along. You see fucking OJ Simpson in there before all the crime and or during the crime, who knows? And you see a bunch of just uh, a bunch of other people, LeVar Burton, of course, getting a start there. And you start going into it and it's like, oh shit, you really can't learn this stuff in a book. This is the kind of stuff that you kind of have to see. And the fact that this took over in the 70s as just something that everybody stopped and watched. They said, okay, we're going to face this as a nation at the same time, same place every week. That to me is fascinating. And it still fascinates me because when is the last time a piece of black media did that? Where the, where the nation said, we're going to watch this and we're going to deal with this bullshit as it was. We haven't done it. We can't do it. We're afraid because we don't want to talk about these things anymore. Like they, they, they don't exist. Well, we do, but <laughs> we do, we do. Yeah, but but Black there's people don't. Yeah. No, but but if you talk about America as a populace, yeah, we don't. And when are you going to get this again? I mean, beyond just media being split into Paramount Plus, Disney Plus, every sort of fucking streaming network. When is the last time anything caught this much national attention that that captivated us like this, that captivated the country with something that was as important as this with Roots? I can't think of anything, really. Uh, That's not sports, obviously. Um, So, yeah, no, if you just look at the overall history of what it's telling, of course, about slavery, but then the actual importance in American culture with how it made people kind of restructure and relook at what slavery was, what black people's history in this country is, uh, there's nothing that can really match that in terms of its importance. So my number four, or my fourth pick, should be uh, Roots, the miniseries. If I can just backdoor off that for just a split second. Uh, you're right. It's, that's super definitive. So <laughs> yeah, <a> great choice. <laughs> right, right. But uh, another one very similar, 12 Years a Slave, which almost made my list. It's... <sighs> It's essential fucking viewing that nobody wants to view. I don't. I don't. I stopped watching. <laughs> I, I saw it once. I don't ever want to see it again. Like, it, I literally, when Black Bull came out and said, "Man, that's so good," don't watch it. I said, that. <laughs> <laughs> "Right." It's phenomenal. It's it's the best representation of of slavery in 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 America. And yeah, it's there. It's sitting on a shelf, and people are just too afraid to watch it. I think it's very similar to what you were saying about Roots. Like, it's network TV. What did you have, like, fucking 20 channels back then? Right. Like, yeah. if something was a major <laughs> event like that, yeah, that's exactly what the majority of people are watching, and we don't have that anymore. Right, so something right. like 12 Years a Slave will go into obscurity. Yeah, yeah, it won an Oscar, great, but nobody's going to see it. Right. And so, yeah, no one's forced to to confront shit anymore like people, that. People still like Michael Fassbender now. They got over the fact that they hated him for about, <laughs> for about a good solid four months after that movie. I definitely did. Him they and fucking him. Sarah Paulson. I was like, fuck both of them. <laughs> and now Sarah Paulson's Nurse Ratchet. She's forgiven. No, yeah. no. You you have to hate. I still hate fucking Malfoy, the actor. Not even. Not, he's just Malfoy. It wasn't Tom Felton. Yeah. I fucking hate Malfoy. You fuck. <laughs> that's my number four. JJ, he becomes is, good at the end, doesn't he? <laughs> no, that's Planet of the Apes. <laughs> that's the only other movie I know he's in, and he's an asshole in that too. JJ, what's your number four? So uh, my fourth pick, also from the seventies, uh, and had a pretty big impact on me. Because uh, I grew up watching a whole lot of Nick at Night, and it's the Jeffersons. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, Look at guys. I'm like, just saying. Need I say more? <laughs> definitive black culture. It's very easy. 
Yeah. It's very easy because it's, they're just so ingrained in everything. Black folk hey. are ingrained in everything. Oh, this is the karaoke version. <laughs> to a deluxe apartment in the sky. There's no, there's no audio, but they finally got a piece of the pie. <laughs> Everyone knows it. Everyone Every, knows Sherman, it. Oh, rest in peace, Sherman Hemsley. God, there's just certain things you just kind of forget. Sherman Hemsley, is this, he, he just kind of fade into the back of my mind and then seeing him again right here. I love Sherman Hemsley. I am my heart. <laughs> I tried my best to keep TV shows off here because I just there's too many. For it me. is a lot. Yeah. Fucking um, a lot. I'm fucking Cosby would have been my pick, you fucker. Fuck Cosby. <laughs> he went and ruined him, goddamn not, self. So love- I'm not saying. So I'm. Let me. Let me. Let me. I have to backtrack before I say this. I have no love, no support, no anything for Cosby. But I'd be lying to still say that if the Cosby show wasn't quintessential because it showed the opposite. It was. Right. Like, it was. Yeah. Right. Like, like I, I had to – this is one of those instances where, like, in the root of it, I had to kind of disconnect the art from the artist, which yeah. I normally would never do in his case. But because of the way the Cosby show – like, that's the first time we see two successful – working black like people phd like a lawyer and a doctor, doctor. yeah yeah, yeah. Like, who are smart like to me shit i know that minus the drugging and raping you know <laughs> that was my paradigm right that was the yeah. shoot was right like, yo i could have a happy black family like that, that was the goal right um but the jeffersons another great example um, of wonderful 70s-ness. Man, he's calling his DoorDash driver. We know this. <laughs> but, um, the Jeffersons was was a great example. Um, <laughs> I'm a little more privy to Stanford and Son. But, uh, Stanford and Son. I'm one of the good times, new. guy. Good um, times I never actually got a chance to watch. Like, Nick and Knight didn't get the rights until, like, after I got Cartoon Network. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. My, my dad watched Stanford and Son, and some his son, you know what I'm saying? So that's why he vibed with me a little bit more. Right. Because I yeah. was like, my dad would yell at me like this. My dad oh, was yeah. Right. But all, <laughs> but like the fact that we can all link into those, no matter like, the funniest thing is even like white, no matter what culture you come from, if you grew up on Nick and Knight, there was right, always yeah. that, like, it's the same way how, yeah, JJ, you know, I vibe with the, 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 the <laughs> George Lopez. Yeah. Bro, it's awesome, bro. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and then I think that it was, uh, and then another thing on Nickelodeon, the Garcia brothers, because, like, you know, you grew up on those networks. Um, but that's why I liked um, the app. You eat it? <laughs> I haven't eaten all day. I ate three nuggets and just like swallowed them right now. So leave me alone. Um, hey, bro, you get McDonald's? I did. If you get nuggets, it has to be McDonald's. Yeah. Wendy's. No, no, so, no. So, hey, hey, little, little timeout. I did drive dead ass. Like I drove 15, 20 minutes down south all the way out of town because I'm south side. So I had to drive to Beauty. Mm-hmm. To go get some high C because high C oranges. It's back. Yep. It's back. Yeah. It's not in Austin. So I was like, fuck. Like what? literally everywhere else. I'm not even sure. That's like in Utah. It's in like it's in Leander. It's in Round Rock in Austin. <laughs> God damn it. So Jesus Christ. Like, but no, to backtrack a little bit, yeah. I love the Jefferson. I think it's a quintessential show. But you know. Excluding the most iconic of all black shows, uh, which Lord knows what that one is. Um, 
I would say that like, you know, that's like when I think back to the seventies, it has that charm. It has that vibe. It has very right, yeah. topics that they cover. Um, you know, not to say that all these other shows didn't right, but they all approach it from their different angles. Um, and so the Jeffersons really had a good look of a good look of, you know, inner city right and, and, and yeah. things of that nature um so yeah much vibe love that I, damn i damn near took over your top four <laughs> <laughs> that's fine that's perfectly fine yeah uh, <laughs> if we can take a another jab at uh at, uh what is it, what's it? It, it the jeffersons was the longest running black led show until uh is it a Tyler Perry show, I think? Oh, my Probably God. <laughs> so now, yeah. <laughs> that makes me incredibly sad. Let me sad. double check Wikipedia right here. The, the, the most accurate of all sources, right? You know, Longest no. running <laughs> black show. Since we're talking about black TV shows, the one Tyler show... Tyler Perry's that... House of Pain overtook it, yeah. surpassed in 2012. Jesus. By one episode. Who was watching Tyler Perry's House of Pain? Who was Daddy. watching that? People were watching um, the Jeffersons. Tommy, Tommy, as a black American, do you know the theme song to, to Tyler Perry's nonsense? No. TJ, do you know the theme song to Tyler Perry's nonsense? Why would I ever watch then that? Then it doesn't no. count, goddammit. Um, I know the Jeffersons theme song. I, I'm not only not in the decade, I'm not even the appropriate race. <laughs> and I know the Jefferson's theme song, so fuck it. You're number I was, four. I was just going to say the one TV show out of the black shows I didn't watch a lot of that I always, like, for some reason, it just evaded me was Family Matters. Like, Oh, I love Family oh, Matters. Yeah, I do like Family Matters. <laughs> I liked it. Family Matters. Every episode I watched, I liked it. just never, like, it was never in my circle. Yeah. No, you got to watch some of the stunt episodes, like where Urkel turns into Bruce Lee, Roy, or something like that. <laughs> no, Bruce, Ste- no, Stefan Bro, turns into Bruce Lee. No, I Lee. watched all the Stefan episodes because I'm like, I'm like that. I'm trying to change the dark. <laughs> that's, that's, yo, uh, Urkel is high school me, college me is Stefan, dog. That's how it came. That's how it came. <laughs> <laughs> all this and coolness the, just came out of And that's where he is now. <laughs> right? Are you still trying to go after your high school sweetheart or like middle school sweetheart, Laura? Because Stefan got her, or Steve got her. Eventually. Urkel got her, yeah. That show um, got increasingly more ridiculous. No, I, I had a crush on in high school. Is, is nah, we good. Okay, last last thought on Family Matters. Myra was so fucking hot. Oh my god, the one that she wanted Steve. Oh, oh my yeah. god, rest in peace. Rest, rest in peace. In peace to her. She was. God, that and I wanted that bug. Like she was in the car, like at Lookout Point, on one episode with him with that Volkswagen that opened from the front. And You're I was like, give it up. Why can't you, why can't that be me? I'm like four or five years old. Why can't that be me? I don't know sex, but I do something. I'll figure it out. <laughs> but anyway, TJ, your fourth pick. You're number four. So uh, my number four is, and I had to really kind of stretch the means of media, but just as a definition, my number four is uh, Mr. Obese himself, Barack Obama. Um, <laughs> I mean, he is the definitive black president as the only black president. But he's the only black president, but I'm not trying to even talk about his presidency more so. His impact in media his books. is what fascinated me the most, right? Right. Um, to see an African-American in uh, in the presidency role is incredible in and of itself. It's inspiring X, Y, and Z. But to see the impacts and trends that were led just from him being exposed is even more fascinating. One of my favorite things, um, and I'm definitely sure that it's on YouTube somewhere too, um, is to see clips of Obama in anime. 
because that's how much like prestige he had. He was left into TV shows and sort of different things. And of course, they clown on it because he's a black man, right? But like, but it's one of those things where it transcended him just being a presence. He was a media force. You even everybody knows his cadence of his voice. Like it doesn't matter who you are. Like if you I, have dramatic, I causes, I do a halfway okay Obama. Good God! Like, like and I'm just like I'm a hack. Get the halfway causes. If you were to be like, if you were to not even do the, not even do the, <laughs> if you were to not even do the not even do the um the impression right but just do his speaking cadence and be like guess who this is um that would be one of the things that would pop up um and like in actual anime they had this man like i'm not even playing it. like you look on youtube i, I like, couldn't find it i couldn't find brock obama oh, anime. I, I'll, I'll give you the clip one of these times but um it, it's it's this incredibly fascinating thing to where he transcended just being a president, right? Um, he's not a meme and a joke like Trump, like everybody knows that. Um, he had the prestige of being like the cool guy, right? Right. The guy who was like, man, you know, like oh, he felt young. He felt like he was for you and all of those things exuded in media as well. Like, and so he had this really unique positioning that was different than a lot of other presidents where, you know, Bush, like when you think of Bush, whether you like him, hate him, you're like, cool, that's a president. He does the president things. Obama felt different. Right. And, and that always just, it, it's so resonating. It still reminds me to this day, like he has a certain <laughs> swagger to him. And I think that the impressions that he left um, outside of what he did in office, you know, um, still linger now. Yeah, I mean, him and Michelle, like I said, they're selling out book tours and stadiums when, when COVID, pre-COVID like they were fucking celebrities. He we wore a bomber jacket to an NBA Finals game, and it sold out in like five minutes. <laughs> it's like just in, in the scope of, of – it's, it's not even celebrity at that point. It's it's just I, I, iconicism, I guess you could put it. Like it's kind of at that level where it's like, yeah, Prince is a musician, but Prince just exists, and you're like, yeah, that, that's somebody I need to pay attention to. Outside the music, outside of what he did, you know. So, no, Obama's a great fucking pick, man. A lot of people will disagree with you. And being the excellence, I know people will be like, he deported more people. God damn it, we know, okay? Fuck. I don't know what to say to that. I don't got a rebuttal. I'm just saying. Let's address, <laughs> let's address it and move on. Because I, 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 guess what? He wasn't fucking Donald Trump. And, yeah, if that's the bar, yeah, whatever. Fucking go be at, uh, 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 precinct walking shit. Go get involved with your community and make it fucking happen. Stop fucking complaining to me about it. I can't do nothing. I'm one person. I got one vote, which I use for Obama twice. Bringing it back. Tommy, <laughs> what is your number four, your fourth pick? All right. So mine is going to be a movie. And uh, it's it's a 90s movie. And I think it showed exactly what it was like in inner city mm, LA. I think yeah, I think I almost put this on my list. I just haven't seen it. <laughs> it's not boys in the hood, mine. It's not boys in the hood. It is menace to society. Man, oh, boys in the hood. To me, all right. Look, so it's always this thing: <laughs> boys in the hood versus menace to society with black people, anyways. <laughs> and the majority of black people go for menace to society over boys in the hood. Boys in the Hood seemed to be more catered towards just showing white people, okay, this is what it's like. It was real. It had right, its real yeah. moments. Mm-hmm. But compared to Menace to Society, Boys in the Hood is Bambi. Like, <laughs> Menace to Society yeah. zero punches. Menace zero. To, Menace to Society, Tommy, you're going to hate me for this. The reason why I know so much about Menace to Society is because Don't Be a Menace to South Central was one of my favorite movies growing up as a child. So eventually yeah. I, <laughs> I, I had the softened version. And then I went back to watch some of those scenes of real where the guy, the crackhead's like, I'll suck your dick, man. 
got these cheeseburgers. Burgers. <laughs> it's played as comedy in Don't in uh, Don't Be a Menace, but yeah. in here it's fucking tragic and v- gruesome. It's terrible, yeah. Like it's, really it, it's shocking. I'll, I'll yeah. show the clip. I mean, you guys can hear. You guys know the the line, man. I got these cheeseburgers, man. I'll suck your dick. I'm not gonna uh, bury the lead here, but like, <laughs> but he's like laughing. He's like, "Oh man, please give me these things, Lizzie." What you say, you motherfucker? I said, "I'll suck your dick, man." And then I did not know that was gonna happen. Yeah, shoots him in the goddamn chest. Oh dog. Oh dog. Gave zero oh, fucks. I mean, what the and fuck? Just look at doing? the reaction. Just the reactions. Like those right. were real reactions. That's something they saw every day. It was nothing. That 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 was life. Right. That's the hey. way life was. Well, he said, "He goes, hey man, I got cheeseburgers. What song?" Yeah, shot a, shot a dude and kicked just him and blazed down. Right. Yeah. yeah, and that that's just what life was. And with men, I mean, with the uh, boys in the hood, you had this good protagonist. You had Trey. You know, your you good black kid just happened to be stuck in the hood. Mm-hmm. Here, your protagonist is is <laughs> like who was the protagonist? God damn it, can't believe this guy's name. But yeah, the protagonist here, him. He he is your that's your avatar, and he starts off normal as fuck. He witnesses shit as a child. You see where it comes from. That's what I love about this movie. You see where it comes from. Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, automatically you're black, you're going to be bad. Like, no. You see it from youth to his end. And I, I hate to spoil the movie for you. He, he dies at the end. <laughs> but it just show, it's, it's the cycle. It shows from beginning to end of just a short-ass life that will likely be forgotten in the hood. Just another statistic. That's what it is. That's what this movie shows, that that quote-unquote another statistic, that's what it is. And it's fucking tragic. Right. The whole movie is brutal. It's tragic. It really is no good guys, no bad guys. It's just humans. It's life, right? It's life. And you see where these humans come from, and you see why they act the way they act. Right. No way out. Like, it's the only way they they know. And it's it's terrible. And right. I think that's more essential to me than Boys in the Hood. Even though I have a Boys in the Hood poster in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. It, that's the thing you got to realize with, like, certain movies like that, where it's like, oh, man, this can't possibly be real. And then it's like, no. No, this is some people's lives, yeah. and they have to live it, and it's that violent, and it's that real yeah. all the time. You know, they joke, keep it real, goes wrong. It's that real all the time, and yeah. it's and you got to do the shit you got to do to survive, and some people can't wrap their head around it. Hell, very quickly and briefly, I was talking to my dad about some stuff, and he grew up in a bad, bad neighborhood, too, growing up. He grew up in the projects, and... He made it out okay. He got four kids, graduated college, and I talked to him about some other people who didn't quite make it out as well as he did. And he's like, you got a choice. You know, everyone's got a choice, and some people choose bad, some people choose wrong. And I was like, Dad, you had two parents that loved you and that kind of backed you up. You had siblings that weren't on drugs and, and kind of cared a little bit. You always had power on at your house. You always had food on the table. And if you didn't, you know you could get work for it. You could find work. Some of these guys can't even find work, and they want to do it the right way, you know? And so you got to make the work, so... Yeah, uh, that's that's a solid pick, Tommy. My thank you. Number three. Oh, is she feeding you? Are you are you late to dinner? You said eleven. Oh no, um, she was getting more more beer. Damn, that's got to be nice. Sorry, Sorry, my number my number three. I need number three, right quick. Quiet. I was I was over here sitting here quiet brewing. Oh. <laughs> uh, but no, no. Um, as a quick aside step. Hey, Tommy. So in terms of like early two thousands nineties movie, have you ever watched a movie called Lockdown? I have. Um, I'll never watch that movie, dog. Like, uh, not you, but like, no one should watch that movie. Like, <laughs> like I've never. So I just stumbled upon. I I had like so I had what was it? it was one of those moments when I was thinking about. So when I was looking up this list, right, yeah. it was one of these things where um, I had like remembered 
like in a barbershop somewhere, I saw a scene of lockdown. Um, and man, as I was looking at this, I was like, oh, what's that? Like, like I was trying to think, like, what's that movie? Looking at black movies. No, don't watch lockdown from the 2000, not 2003 lockdown, 2000 yeah. lockdown. Yeah. It's the most drama crying dude in there gets treated like a sex slip. It's white. Black movies from the 2000s and before didn't give a fuck. That's yeah. what I was thinking about. Man, it's just like, they were raw. Like Master P was in it. Don't let that defer you. Like it was a, like it showed more. <laughs> Don't think it was a joke because Master P was like it was. It was rough, man. Like yeah, it was. It was those movies just they they didn't care. They showed reality. There right. was no sugarcoating it. Which is kind of funny because we had our own genre with that too. Mexicans did with like. Uh, blood in, blood out. Oh, fucking yeah. all those types American of American me, American me. All those types of movies. It's like my dad loved that fucking movie. He loved a, both those movies actually. I was like a child when I saw them. And I know, I, and I haven't seen them since, which is hilarious. But like, I know every reference back and forth, even though I was like five when I saw it. <laughs> and it it's like in your, it's in your blood, kind of thing with these types of movies. When you're young, if you're young enough and yeah. you catch them at the right time, then they they just mean all, uh, all all the things for you. So that's your number four. Moving on to my number three, I kind of buried this lead in our group chat when we were discussing this topic. Um, Tommy, I had I had to confer to you because Marcos didn't believe that yeah. these people were not canonized in black culture in general because insulted. because with music you can go back. I, I mean, I've already used Little Richard uh, as one answer. I think last year on one of our things, like most influential black people, Little Richard's dope. Stevie Wonder's dope, but you kind of have to look at what's the modern version or what's the modern black artist and Kanye West kind of fucked himself up. So where totally he's fucked himself, like, he, yeah. <laughs> like if you would have just shut the fuck up, you could have been canonized, canonized like in the biblical sense is what I like to use because it's like either you're kind of like a person who was holy or you were canonized and you're like legit part of the actual formal experience. My number three is just the album because I had to look at the album. You could use the artist in broad, but the album is Stankonia. I mean, I'm gonna play a little bit on my phone alongside with, the song Bob's over Baghdad. It's my shit. I'm a, I'm a half step behind on it, but one, two, one, two, oh, he's already two, gone. He's already out the door. <laughs> <laughs> like this song is fucking amazing. No song gets me more hyped than this song. <laughs> no, so so here's the thing, Tommy. Here's what's more fucked up. I found a radio version. Apparently, it was only a radio version with Rage Against the Machine with Tom Morello. With the oh, with the guitar, shit. they just released it for their 35th anniversary, and I was like, "That's the only version I know." Like, I had that version. I played it before football games. I could fucking burst through a wall like the Kool Aid Man <laughs> after that shit. Let me see if I can find. Let me see if I can find that one. Uh, Bob's. Oh, it was actually Rage Against the Machine. Zach, Zach De La Rocha. I'm sorry, but like, let me throw the hair. You can maybe hear a little bit of the guitar in there. Oh yeah, I'll make yeah, it's just kind of like a fucking rip raring guitar and that shit. And I'm just like, yes! We're in a bomb bag then! Stankonia, let's do this! But if I think you. Every, every general needs to just play that fucking song for their soldiers before they go. Wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, totally would. Wouldn't you? Like, <laughs> crank that shit up. It's just, all right, we're playing Bombs Over Baghdad. We're playing the whole album of Stankonia. Fuck it. <laughs> we'll figure it out. But I mean, you look at the list Gasoline Dreams, So Fresh, So Clean, Miss Jackson. Like, these are all. A Bob every Baghdad. Song was a hit. Every other song was a hit, and even if you're not like, oh man, I I'm not into rap. I'm not into these are good songs. Doesn't care what you say. These are amazing. 
pieces of music. Andre 3000 going insane. Big boy is about to fuck up his shit because he put some anti mass shit up like a couple days ago. And I was like, big boy. No, you're the uh-huh. least. You're the least liked of these two. Right. <laughs> That's like, I'm trying to think. That's that, I'm trying to think of like an equivalent. That's like uh, fucking Ringo Starr being racist. It's like Ringo, you're about to get kicked out anyway. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna fuck all this shit up for Ringo. No. Right. Gonna... <laughs> right. Big boy, you're the Ringo of <laughs> fucking yeah. Outcast. Out of the two of you. <laughs> yes, but you guess, are. but but guess what? You're still part of Outcast, which is goddamn it, uh, an amazing duo. Uh, and then I almost put up uh, Speaker Box of Love Below as it, but I was like, no, this is definitely a better album. But but I, I personally loved uh, Speaker Box of Love Below. Oh, it's that, too. I was just like, yes. But this one is just, it's, it is iconic, man. Right. Even the cover of it's just iconic. The, the iconic... I've seen that poster in so many dorm rooms back in the day. Oh, no, uh, TJ had a point here. Uh, you're talking about anime covers. Um, there's, a, there's like Goku. Like, uh, is doing this uh, Stankonia cover. Is he Stankonia anime? Yeah, you can look through the whole, like, just all sorts of fucking different covers. Yeah, Krillin. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Be- Cowboy animes. Bebop was the first one. Cowboy Bebop, <laughs> Spider-Man, fucking Fry, <laughs> like Futurama. Obama, Kamala Harris, <laughs> Bebop, and Rocksteady. <laughs> like, the, you, you, can't, you can't deny how important they were to America, let alone black culture in, as a whole. My and then hey ya, hey ya is the greatest jam of all time. Oh yeah, forgot about that. Hey, hey ya is the greatest anytime, any place, and it's about divorcing your wife. <laughs> I think that what Outcast once again kind of going down the similar route of what I was saying with dope and whatnot. Like they're the exemplification of like they dumped hip hop. They they just went with vibes. No matter right. what they wanted to do, yeah. people it didn't talk- have to be in R and B or hip hop. It could be whatever they wanted it to be. But that kinetic energy and flow always left that impression on you. And even when I say kinetic energy and flow, like they had slow songs, of course they did, right? right? But that still had a genuine sort of energy and kinetic vibe that might have slowed down, but it still knew it was outcast. It's so holistically its own. And of course, like you said, um, I mean, Big Boy was cool, but it didn't really right. Yeah. right, it's Andre. No, <laughs> no, and then Idlewild Blue. Remember Idlewild? I love that. I love that fucking track, man. At least the "Don't You Worry About Me." I love that yeah. fucking song. I, I didn't realize how much I like Outkast until I said it in the group chat, and then I was like, "Oh shit, I like a lot of Outkast." Oh, they're one of my all-time favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, but it's one of those things. Where it's like Michael Jackson. You don't realize how many Michael Jackson tunes you know yeah. until you start like, "Oh, I know that one. Oh, I know that one. I know that yeah. one." Outkast, I didn't think it was one of those people for me, but they are apparently. Yeah. So, uh, my number three, Outkast, uh, Stankonia in particular. JJ, you're number three. My number three. Uh, let me look here. Okay. It's Will Smith so, as Hancock. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, After Earth. I, I thought, like, that's a lot of shit, but... <laughs> it's a story of a black father, and we know how important black fathers are. Especially in outer space. No, so this is my movie pick, and uh, I am actually a unironic fan of black exploitation. Yeah! But that kind of has, like, a dark edge to it sometimes depending on how you look at it like it, it, it exploitation is literally in the title right <laughs> like in the name right so i chose a movie that's about 
of the Blaxploit about the making of a Black Exploitation movie, and it just came out recently, and it's Dolomite is my name. Great choice, yeah. So, I mean, so is it the movie Dolomite is my name, or is it Dolomite as a person as your pick? The movie Dolomite is my, well, I guess both, right? Like Rudy Ray Moore's story is an interesting one to say the least. Like I, I had seen Dolomite. And I had seen a bunch of, uh, you know, other movies like Shaft and stuff. Right. But I had never really known or really delved into the history of, like, Rudy Ray Moore and, like, how the movie came to be and how the character of Dolomite came to be. And so this was a really interesting movie on both fronts for me because, like, it's Eddie Murphy, right? So already, like, great performance, great actor, great performer right um and then it's about dolomite it's about something that like i remember watching and just like loving unironically right like a bunch of people watch black exploitation movies like because they're so cheap they were made so cheaply they they look so bad blah blah right and i remember watching like fucking santo movies so i was like yeah this is this is the same shit <laughs> right oh <laughs> shit is... i gotta go back and watch some of those then yeah, to, to kind of, no, no, really. Like, I really got to go look. I'll probably, I'm gonna do some analysis. That's the next branch of the Mexlets is black exploitation versus mexploitation. <laughs> well, the part that always like caught me that like made me was anytime they drive in those movies. Like, it's usually not like them. It's right. It's the it's the yeah. It's them miming driving, right? Right. And so in the Santo movies, I remember one where it's Santo and Blue Demon in like a, a a fucking cigarette boat, right? Like it's a, a fucking speed boat and they're chasing after, I don't know, fucking Frankenstein or something. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really remember what they were chasing after, but like they were having a high speed like water chase. But you can tell these dudes are not actually on a boat like on the water. They're in a soundstage somewhere and they're projecting like ocean behind them and they're just like <laughs> well, well, i'm sorry i'm looking at some clips they were in atlantis at one point yeah <laughs> oh they're driving there for real oh my god i want to find some clips where they're, where they're driving on the oh they're nope they, yep they were definitely not flying there but anyway right, yeah like, that helicopter was parked <laughs> But, oh. uh, but yeah, it just brought back a lot of memories. And I just, like I said, the, the story of Rudy Ray Moore is, is an interesting one that I like was sort of cheating myself out of if this movie hadn't come out. So, oh my God, Dolomite is available. And I clicked and I almost found hardcore pornography. <laughs> oh, oh, like it was some, some guy getting a massage. <laughs> it, it was, <laughs> yeah. And I actually like, uh, was what was I watching? I was watching somebody talking about Rudy Moore. Uh, oh, Red Alert Media. They did um, Petey Wheatstraw, where he's like making deals with the devil and shit, and like he has to <laughs> have sex with the devil's daughter to make the Antichrist, but then he could also reverse time. And did and he's like, I want to do kung fu because I like kung fu. Like that's the dream you want. That's the real Tyler Perry right there. Rudy Moore was yeah. the real Tyler Perry. Yes. Where if they would have gave him lots of money, he would have been making. Oh, he would. He would have been making Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. If he would have given him just the access and the money. Yeah, but been uh, trying to ex exploit black people, making a chicken George ass character like Mr. <laughs> Brown. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't. But on that note, JJ, uh, my, honestly, one of my picks was almost Black Dynamite, but it's not canonized in my eyes. It's not quite there yet. I, I, not enough oh. people know about it. Oh, also, give a sh- you can't talk about Dolomite without giving a shout out to ODB's video. Uh, <laughs> if you remember, he used. Dolomite in that video. Yeah. It's one of the best fucking music videos ever. What was that from? What, what, what was... Hey, Dolomite. Uh, <laughs> I got you, man. I wish I had some audio here. God dang uh, it. R.I.P. ODB, man. Oh, man. Dirt McGirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. TJ, what is your number three? Undercover brother. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> See, he said after Earth, and it took me a second to like, oh, no, that's wrong. That was immediately wrong to me. Um, <laughs> Norbit. <laughs> um, nah, this is, um, so this is probably where my list gets a little more mainstream, but I have different reasons for why they resonate with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have, I'm in legal obligation. Like, this is the definition of, like, impactful and just revolutionary um, black films um, that came out very relatively recently. Number three is Black Panther. Um, That's been, especially with him dying, that is canonized immediately. That is, I mean, not not to say that it wasn't on its own, but holy shit, man, it is a great film. Is it, is it perfect? No. Um, Do they do everything correct? Absolutely not. No, no film. Uh, Let me rephrase that. Uh, City of God is perfect, but um, yeah, no, <laughs> um, um, but I, I tell people this all the time. I'm parents are from Africa. I'm American. Like this movie hits me on two different levels. Um, I see just I, when 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 you have that dichotomy between you know someone who grew up in that African culture versus someone who grew up here. Like and and those are the main the antagonist and the protagonist. And I'm able to really and truly see both sides, not only from a you know thought process standpoint, but from a culture standpoint. It just hit me on all different levels. Um, this is the only film superhero movie I've ever gotten my mom to watch. Uh, not not because she doesn't like super, she doesn't care for him or anything like. But I told her to go watch this movie. This is the this is like seeing my little little baby cousins, not babies no more, but my little little cousins. Um, when they were when they were younger, getting to see this film and mimicking him touched me in like a different way that I just didn't know it would. Um, and being and and that was the first time, not even the no one say the first time, but one of the most genuine times when when people say they're like, oh, I felt like a kid in that movie. That was me, just mm-hmm. because I was like, this is something that we wish that we grew up seeing, right, as being a normality, where it's. Yeah lots of money put behind it you have comedy that's not being derived at you know oh we're poor oh we're this oh we're x y and z it's just normal comedy giving the same treatment as a blockbuster superhero movie would normally get no shortcuts no 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 beating around the bush short shortcuts on the cg maybe <laughs> that's not the only one but that's you not that's on disney that's yeah, on disney shortcuts on cg um definitely there but no shortcuts in terms of the amount of time they put into the actual film choreography the even the making their own language for it right mm-hmm. all of those different things um i mean it's it's it speaks for itself um it's number three because 
uh, the other, like I said, this is not an in particular order, but the other two just have some other different things to it. Um, but it's so, uh, I mean, it speaks for itself. It's, it's in its own little world. Um, and, and it's, and in my eyes, like, it is the, that black film superhero movie that I never knew. I mean, I knew I needed, right. But I never, never knew. Never thought you'd get it. I would never ever get it. And that year had two. That year had two. That's right. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse, right? Into the Spider-Verse, which is not on this list, but only because uh, there's white people in that movie, technically, and I have to find a reason. (laughs) (laughs) And if if there's going to be a white person, it has to be Bilbo. Yeah. Or or Smeagol, who, in definition, Smeagol Golem, black character. Not many people know that. From Lord of the Rings, Smeagol, come on, he's pretty dope. He's the coolest one out of all of them. If there, if there is a is cool he? black person, it got to be Smeagol. No, nah. Ah, fine. Now I don't like J.R. Tolkien. Thank you, Sam. What? <laughs> what? Well, hey, that's a better assessment than y'all being the orcs, because I'm pretty sure that's what the black people were supposed to be in that world. And so, at the very least, I was trying to give you something. I was trying to give you a main character at least. I'm pretty oh, sure God. the orcs supposed to be the Germans. Are you sure? J.R. Tolkien fought in World War II. That's like a lot of the symbolism is from there. Well, <laughs> let's put a pin in that. Make sure J.R. Tolkien's not racist. Because if he is, he's very racist. If not, then I'm sorry, J.R. Tolkien. <laughs> no, I mean, no, because like, what was, I'm sorry, there, this is a sidetrack, but there was like a real famous author with a cat with like a really, really, I think it was, was it Lovecraft or his cat was named like the N word or something? Yeah, H.P. Lovecraft was a bitch. Yeah, H.P. Lovecraft okay. was a raging, yeah. raging racist. Time out, time out. I think I got Lovecraft and Tolkien mixed up. Let's go ahead and just let's go ahead and I can make that on air right now. I'm hey, pretty sure I got the name. Existed in different too. centuries, but okay. oh shit, Roald Dahl. Doctor Seuss made actual like blackface characters. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh shit, I did not know this about Dr. Seuss. Didn't look at the books that much for that. Yeah, bro, you didn't hear the rhymes? You <laughs> <laughs> uh, know what he was doing? He was like, mm, what, what a Dr. Seuss from? You know, yeah, cat and mouse, black mm-hmm. and brown. He also made. Now, like, nigga was rhyming whatever he wanted, though. <laughs> he made propaganda films for the war, like pro American ones. Right. I, I knew <laughs> that, but yeah, no, there's there's even some in the books that are still unpublished where it's like, these are the black folk, and it's like, they're like tribesmen with like big lips and shit. It's like, oh shit, that is not. not <laughs> talk, about, talk about shit being canceled. That should be canceled. <laughs> but anyway. Hey man, but green eggs and ham, right? <laughs> cat in the hat. Well, apparently, cat in the hat apparently was supposed to be like a Samboish character, that was based off of another black woman that he knew. I didn't know that the gloves and everything. I'm like, oh shit, no, cat in the hat. Oh god, everything's racist. Fucking terrible. <laughs> Back then, yes. God damn it, everything has to be racist. Tommy, <laughs> yes, you're number right. three. We're starting to get into the obscure shit now. All uh, right. So I was a little confused on how to do this one because mm-hmm. I wanted to do a song but then I was like fuck that because this artist does amazing and he does more songs that are relevant mm-hmm. so I'm going with the artist slash the song mm-hmm. and it's Michael Kiwanuka don't know if you ever he's British granted but he's like the only artist I know and look up Hero Hero was the song that I was uh, let me see uh, you might have some echo here, but I'm gonna see if I can get it because I don't have anything queued up here, as it were. Yeah. So let me see if I can remove this. 
Stop so that share, share screen. I love share this video. artist so so much. He's one of my all time favorite artists. All right, uh, let's see if we and, and if you guys hear audio, let me know if you can. Let me see. Oh, uh, this no. is muted. <laughs> Unmute the site. Can you hear it? Yeah. Just don't talk because you'll echo, I think. Yeah, he does a lot of kind of folk, but kind of old school type. It's almost like Bob Dylan-esque. And this song is basically about a 60s revolutionary who gets killed by the police. <laughs> it's very relevant. And all he makes a lot of songs like that. Oh, they're planting a gun on him? God yeah. damn it. I'm angry already. <laughs> like, it's it's the song is inspired by a revolutionary from in the 60s. I forgot which one specifically. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just a song about that. And he has a song called uh, Black Man in a White World, which is excellent. Like, I don't see many artists doing it this way, in a Bob Dylan-esque way, like you would have saw back then. Right. And he's fucking amazing. And I'm not going to tell you that this is not black culture. It's just I don't know anything about this. This is the thing. I didn't really hear anything about this really um, at all, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. So I said, like, the rest of this list is going to be shit you probably haven't heard of, but you should. Right. Michael Kiwanuka. Yeah. What other tracks has he got? Uh, well, you might know him from, if you like Big Little Lies, he does a theme song for that. Don't know that either, but he's yeah. got another one. I mean, these are, I mean, this one's big. Let's see. Cold Little Heart, 1500. Yeah, that's the, that's the big little lie. So. Let's give it a listen real quick. God, I'm going to say it's all intro. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, he has very elaborate music videos. Excellent. That's all I got right now. That's all we can afford for our licensing and tracks there. But uh, definitely check them out, though. You won't be disappointed. On the list. On the list. All right. Well, my number two is going to be controversial because it's very localized in the sense that it's localized black culture. But at the same time, it's just as significant because the way it permeated throughout everything. So this one's a little more of a... uh, idea this is more of a of a what i put cultural movement right so civil rights dope on the list canonized (laughs) but you're gonna laugh at me maybe a little bit um because it's i don't think you'd pin me pin this to me really because it's just like oh sam he was like real uh he was very sheltered he was very um kind of you know coddled for much of my life but then in high school there was no denying my number two pick for cultural movement, the hyphy movement from the Bay Area. Have you not heard of the hyphy movement? Oh, I heard of it. Oh, about to say. <laughs> but from, I mean, like, this is canonized in the Bay Area. E40, DJ Mustard, all those guys yeah. do that type of music. But the one and only Mac Dre, this song was played at every party that I didn't go to in high school. But still played at every party. And I fucking loved it. And I still love it. The Thizzle Dance. Ooh, ah, skip the intro. Hi. I like to introduce you to the thizzle dance. Thizzle dance? Thizzle dance, I said. Mm. Can I do the thizzle dance? Like, I just fucking do it. That's like one of the biggest cultural, specific cultural things for black culture that I was ever knowledgeable about. And yeah, stop. They keep showing him dead. I don't want to see that. But, <laughs> but the song, 
and and just everything after that was just so specific. I didn't realize that it was like, oh, black culture has subcultures a part of it because I thought it was all just one unit. So when I went to Southern California for school, I was like, you, oh, you guys listen to my, uh, you know Mac Dre, and they're like, what? I'm like Mac Dre, the Thizzle Dance. Come on, and they're like, no, we listen to other nonsense or whatever. And then like you know E40, tell me when to go. I knew how to dance to that. I knew how to do all that. And you realize, and I actually looked up into it a little bit further, like this little moment of time was like 2003 to 2006. Then essentially just kind of seeped into all other kind of bits of music. Obviously, Drake, you know, rest in peace, Mag Dre, I'm going to do it for the Bay, the motto, I think that's the song. It just kind of just put his fingers into everything. And then you can still hear the influences of this type of music where it's just like, yep, we're just going to get stupid, dumb, and high if he ride the yellow bus. That's all it is. And so a lot of people don't know about it, but it's in your music. And it was from this very particular moment of time. He won a Grammy. Did, I don't know who. Oh, I think your guy, not Mac Dre. I don't think Mac Dre won any Grammys. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I, I realized how important it was when I did a little bit of digging. I was like, should this be on my list? Especially one kind of mentioned later. And it's like. Yeah, this was super important to not only me, but the, all the people in my high school that were a part of it and a part of that culture. And um, and then it was like it was like that and Crunk were side by side at my school where people were wearing the big clothes, the big polos, the tall tees and shit like that. That's where you get kind of that stuff from. And so if you've ever worn a tall tee or ghost ride the whip, that's from the Bay. That's from Maggie. Atlanta would, would beg to differ. Well, <laughs> did you ever write? Did you ever ghost ride a short school bus, Tommy? I did not. All right, then. You got to ride the yellow bus. That's the hype. <laughs> That's the, it is, gets, I mean, let me, pardon? See, you can't even say this shit anymore. It was only like 12 years ago or 18 years ago. You got to go stupid, dumb, retarded and ride the yellow bus. And they're talking about the short bus. <laughs> What's can't up? can't say any of that anymore. <laughs> can't say any of that. Yeah, you can't. But that's what I'm What's up? We got a fever. What? Echo. Yeah, we got a bad one. A bad one? Yeah, yeah we're Echo. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't hear you. What's up? We are echoing. Oh, sorry. I couldn't hear you, you guys. Better. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I couldn't. Uh, yeah, I literally yeah. could not hear you guys. I apologize. <laughs> we were we were good on our end, but now we're good to go. My yeah, number two. Hyphen movement. JJ, what is your number two? My number two is uh, an animated series that I I have to be honest. I didn't really watch a whole lot of, but when I did catch it, I was actually kind of blown away at you know some of the 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 points uh, that they were able to make and that is the proud family <laughs> i thought you were going Disney to complain i thought you were going to pull a uh, boondocks but all right. hey shut <laughs> up Tommy. <laughs> hey you could have kept your mouth shut nobody knew nobody <laughs> knew <laughs> uh yeah the the proud family for like being on disney channel uh, actually like did uh, an episode about you know segregation and stuff uh okay i don't the, know what this is the... sorry <laughs> i shut up on a clip i don't know what the fuck that was there was one joke that i remember catching one day like after i got home from from school and like there was nothing on so like i just left it on disney channel and the the girls were shopping i think penny had just gotten like a credit card or something and they were at the mall shopping and then one of the girls goes like uh let's go to one of the fancy stores where the employees follow you and the <laughs> the white girl goes why would they follow you and like it took me a minute and i was like oh 
oh, how the fuck did they put this joke on Disney Channel? <laughs> <laughs> but it's filled with a lot of stuff like that and kind of like throwing back to dope and throwing back to like Atlanta. It's not like it's just a normal family who happens to be black, right? Like it's it's not like she's not a, a gangster or anything. She's not like she's not, a, not she's not a psychic either. Like that's so right. <laughs> like it's not black is her culture. They celebrate Kwanzaa and everything, uh, but it's not her personality. I think that's sort of like the best way I can phrase it, right? Where there's some characters like. If it's just a throwaway, like, token black, it's just a, uh, what's that, from Not Another Team Movie. I'm just here to say, like... Uh, oh, hell no. Nah. What's yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and sure, yeah, in The Proud Family, they do use slang and, and everything. and But it's 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 real. It feels real. It's, it's natural, not, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, like I said, it's not something that I really watched a whole lot of. But the moments that I did catch were impactful right and a lot of people uh are super fucking excited about the re- revival that it's having you know on the same level of like for some reason people for some reason people were really into hey arnold that coming back after like 30 years and people especially now are really 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 excited about the proud family coming back with good reason i would say more so than anything but um, yeah that's uh also created by bruce w smith so any fans of baby's kids <laughs> Tommy has been known as a staunch Bay Base Kids fan for some yeah. reason. For some reason. I grew up with it, man. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, there it is. Number two, The Proud Family. All right. TJ, what is your number two? Sorry. I had a whiskey coat. <laughs> and it just don't taste right. <laughs> You're not, supposed to put, you're not supposed to put cocaine in it. It's Coca-Cola, man. I said Coke Zero, done it. But okay. <laughs> My number two, and I and and, and it's so hard because in the framework of a top five, like I went back and forth on my number two and number one, since I know it's not about importance, it's just about certain categories, but whatever. Right. Number two uh is you know, uh when I was going through black animated cinema, and I'm gonna put my one of the honorable mentions here too. Um cartoons. Define me as a kid, right? It's yeah, what I grew up on is what I, it's what I love. So my honorable mention here was Static Shock because. <laughs> sorry, sorry, TJ. I know, I know where you're going. I know you meant Static Shock for some reason. My brain went to the Reese's Puffs kid. <laughs> I was like, that's not a, that's not a black hero. That's not even a cartoon. So hold off on Static Shock. He's my number one. Oh, okay. But, but, sorry, <laughs> it's an honorable mention, and I'll gush whenever. JJ does his, but my number two has to be the Boondocks. It's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Oh, it it is the definition of black anime. Like I'm, it is it is where my a lot of my humor was culminated from. It is the perfect mixture of poignant moments, but also not afraid, de- but definitely not afraid to get into the very much stereotypical aspects of black culture. Um, it's kids growing up with their grandfather and like just being able to live their life, and they're not showing them as broken or like that. But they're well-written characters that have depth and have other angles and aspects to them, but also get to see just, it's its genuinely funny. This shit makes me laugh to this day, no matter what happens to it. Um, I it think is my, very funny. It is a very me, funny show. 
season three is the strongest one, and um, and there's an ep- in the candy bar episode where Riot was focused. Oh yeah, <laughs> genuinely, um, I think about it all the time. It's my favorite episode, um, just because of it's so funny. Like I, it's just it's it's funny, but it doesn't have to rely on a lot of stereotypical things with black culture, right? And whenever my, it does, like address stereotypical black, it like calls them out. And it's yeah. not like right, yeah. it's not like it's playing into it. It's telling you like, oh no, yeah, this is bullshit. But you know, you need to realize that it's bullshit. And that's what I always like. I put Boondocks, Boondocks and Chappelle show to me are the so you can just watch those two back to back and you get the same type of humor. You're gonna get the same kind of education from it if you pay attention. Right. And that, that's what I love about those shows. I mean, it's just it's I mean, I mean, doesn't help that I know the theme song like verbatim, right? <laughs> um, but right. They rag on Tyler Perry. Um, I love that. So catch a pre- the booty warrior. God. Uncle Ruckus. Uncle Uncle Ruckus. No, it's 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 so much to it that makes it so because you know Uncle Ruckus is the example. Like, there's no other TV show that has a character of a black man who hates black men like that. But <laughs> damn. Thank you, Uncle Ruckus, because you 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 helped. Like, I mean, he. If people thought like, "Oh, that's an over exaggeration," shit, you just saw Judas and the Black Messiah. No, <laughs> are our own enemies yes. a lot of the times, right? Right. Um, and it's just, it's so fascinating how it was able to be made as authentically as it was. It's one of the reasons why I give so much props to Adult Swim. Mm-hmm. Um, they really let. Adult Swim. If you got if if you if you on there and they let they let their artists do whatever, like they let their right. artists fly. Um, but that's what it's known for. Um, but it's so genuine. It's so real. Season four may be trash, but um, but from the characters to the voice actors themselves, um, all of it is just a beautiful package of too much talent and and so much humor. And it's definitely just so iconic to this day. And I and I still tell people, uh, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, in between, dog. If you if you haven't seen the Boondocks, shit, watch it from me. Look at them. Like, right. watch season three at the very least. The Dodgeball episode, Candy Bar episode, Tyler Perry episode. There's so much gold. The Hateocracy part three, like all of it, so great. I mean, this episode is called "Let's Nab Oprah." <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, like, what was it when he, when he was writing that letter to Santa Claus? I can't say what he says to Santa Claus, but <laughs> very funny. Calls him a bitch. <laughs> Calls him a bitch. But uh, yeah, you're number um, two, or your second to last pick. Yeah, but I really was sitting there. It was tough. I was, I was spent. I'm glad that it didn't put it because JJ hasn't. But I was in there for a minute. Boondocks was like I was having the same argument in my head. Believe me, <laughs> ruin. But go ahead, Tom. Tom. Okay, so uh, yeah, my number. What are we on now? Number two. two. Yeah, my number two is a uh, comic book, and it's a comic book not a lot of people know even existed. It's uh, it got it got ca- comic book actually. It's, uh, <laughs> it's Attack the Block Volume Three. Culture, baby. <laughs> no, but it's a it's a. After I tell you about this comic book, you'll be like, how the fuck did this get canceled after six issues? Only six issues. Oh, shit. Did this run? And it was uh, Taneshi Coates' Black Panther and the Crew. 
And what that was, I, I, Tommy, I can I can take two guesses as to why I got canceled after six. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't take long <laughs> after six the title issues. Alone, yeah, we'll tell you probably why it got initially canceled. It was a fantastic comic book, which is a goddamn shame that it got canceled. Marvel said it was due to low sales. They'll say that, but uh, basically, it's Black Panther, Luke Cage, Storm, Brother Voodoo, uh, and Misty Knight, with pretty much every Marvel black character. It was mm-hmm. Black Avengers. That's what it was. That is exactly what the fuck it was. But the difference here is, uh, if you're not familiar with Taneshi Coates, he's a phenomenal writer, and his whole focus was going to be focusing on them as black people. Mm-hmm. Just before even black superheroes, just black people. And then he would incorporate, okay, so how is it for black superheroes in this Marvel universe? That was his Aww, goal. Aw, God damn it. Is the Punisher, like, super racist? Have to deal with the Punisher? <laughs> <laughs> God dang. God dang. Hockey's using racial slurs. God damn it. I don't like this at all. It was really good, man. It was a fucking comic book, dude. And it, I hope it comes back because it, it was amazing and it's an amazing premise. And maybe now, you know, years after the fact that the Black Panther blew up, maybe they can revisit it because I would love to see it. But if you haven't checked it out, for the love of God, pick it up. If, you, if you're not even in the comic books, you'll love it. I'm that, not sure art's great. Definitely Everything is amazing. No, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. Awesome. It, to me, it's probably the best Black comic that's been out for a very long time. I mean, that's pretty bad. He says Luke Cage, Misty Knight, Black Panther. You said who's the guy? Brother, brother Voodoo. Brother Voodoo and Storm. God damn. Yeah, that's a, that's a stat. <laughs> that, yeah, I'm gonna say that's that's toe to toe with just about any that of the team Avengers. Alone could probably beat the shit out of the Avengers by themselves. Right. I don't know. I don't know what Brother Voodoo does. Brother's... He's kind of like he's Doctor Strange, basically. He's I'm Doctor sure. Strange, except he does black shit. So yeah. you know, <laughs> basically, like, yeah. I'm cursed. <laughs> he's he's Doctor Strange. So he can say the N word. Around people, because you know the Doctor Strange, he's one of the motherfuckers that's like, uh, these so, mother, mm. you know, you know, Doctor Strange uses the N word. My dream is that Brother Voodoo is introduced in the he next has to be at Do- some point. Doctor Strange movie, to be honest. David Diggs for Brother Voodoo. I'm, I'm with that. That's actually not bad. Yeah. <laughs> mostly, <laughs> mostly because I just believe David Diggs can do most things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think he would be a perfect Brother Voodoo. But yeah, they got to introduce him at some point. Great character. I've never heard of him outside of today. <laughs> All right. So my number one is, is actually, I'm going out of left field here because you're going to be like, what really? And I'm like, yes. And this was actually a toss up because my thing was, all right. Other than you say media, media can be a lot of things. So I decided to pick photography and I was like, okay, what's one of the, and TJ said, fuck it. I don't want to hear your number one, <laughs> but yeah, I'll put them away for a moment. Uh, he'll come back but so i said it's going to be either between a couple photographs that i think exemplify what it is to be black black culture black culture in america the one my honorable mention i know you guys aren't going to have it so i'm gonna say it was michael jordan where he's doing the wingspan and he's got the ball in one hand or the other that that was my honorable mention number one pick uh for photograph you think about how important michael jordan was just the black culture but then that image as well it's just like that wingspan if you had that poster you know, if you went to a barbershop, you had that poster. And then if you had it as a kid, you're like, man, that's fucking awesome. Uh, the second honorable mention beneath that was the Bo Nose poster uh, where he's wearing the shoulder pads and has the baseball bat. That's a buff motherfucker. But none of those are explicitly as as black as my number one pick, which is going to be the was uh, I can't read 1968 Olympics photo, the Black oh, yeah. Power salute. Uh, this was in Mexico City. So 
extra Didn't excellent pick. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so uh, I have the Wikipedia here. I don't want to just keep reading it, but I got to. So essentially, two African American athletes, Tommy Smith and John Carlos, each raised a black glove fist during the uh, playing of the U.S. national anthem while on the podium. Smith and Carlos, who had won both gold and bronze medals uh, in the 200 meter event in the 68 Olympics, uh, turned to face the flag and then kept their hands raised until the anthem had finished. In addition, Smith and Carlos, an Australian silver medalist, Peter Norman, all worn human rights badges on their jackets. Now, I did read this article before, and he was talking about it was more of a human rights fist in the air versus a black power type of fist in the air, but come on. If you look at the rest of the me- well, if you look at the re- so, but if you look at the rest of the message, the rest of the images, uh, there was a lot of other pro-black things in there. So if you see this picture right here, he's wearing no shoes because you wanted to simplify, uh, symbolize poverty in America for black youth. The other guy here in third place has his jacket open would represent blue collar workers. He has a black scarf on underneath and poor dude. He yeah, was- Phil, the white guy. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. He was all for it. He just didn't know. He didn't look back. <laughs> oh. So he was just like, he was standing there doing his thing, but he wore the, the civil the human rights badge in support. So that that's his evidence. But he didn't know that they were doing the salute behind him. I don't know what you do though. Do you join the salute? Do you not? Put him in a position. That's really putting the guy on the spot but, right there. <laughs> but, he, but he was unaware of it, which is, I think, the best situation to come out of it. Yeah, but, I think it was best for him. But he looks like the man in this photo, which, I mean, that's the one unfortunate thing about it. But you cannot look at this photo and think of, one, black achievement, first place, for God's sakes, and third, why not, for, for good measure. <laughs> and and then all the other things that go with it, you know. Yeah. Um, I look at this and I'm like, yeah, that's what it's about. Because you could be at the fucking pinnacle of your sport in the world and still have to deal with some bullshit. Yeah, Colin Kaepernick. He, he's not even, I mean, you can't even call him an athlete how, how long he's yeah. been out of the game. Yeah. I don't know why I went to Google, uh, <laughs> but like, no, but that's the thing, right? Is that you could be, you could be the best of the world and still have to fight with the bullshit. Like it's like being a superhero and having the Punisher call you the N word. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's essentially the antithesis of what you just, TJ didn't like that. He liked the Punisher. I don't know. I'm trying to think of who would be the racist Avenger. I'm I just wondering. I was just, I was just thrown off by that. Sorry. I, well, Punisher, actually he's a good guy, but, but his logo has been associated with cops now. So sorry about that. But anyway, uh, that's my number one pick, man. I can't, you, yeah, I don't, I don't think you can, I don't know. Is there a blacker photo that I'm missing out on Tommy or TJ? Uh, no, the Muhammad Ali photo is good, but no, I think as far as blackness, that that's pretty right. much it. That's Muhammad, yeah. 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 Hey, where's that? Where's that? Um, where's the cutouts of me and Tommy? That's the, that's the definition. Black. <laughs> yeah, right. We, we right. use it in our, uh, use it in our cut-ins for it's, uh, Instagram, right? It's, it's actually, it's actually right here. Actually, no. Hope, oh, nope, yeah. nope. Oh, okay. Hey, so there show, you go. It's a lot yeah. better. Hey, yeah. hey, hey. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, the looks in the show went up fifty percent. Yeah. Hey, you don't say that shit about JJ. <laughs> JJ's, at, JJ's at least one. Uh, wow, I'm not good at math. I was trying to give you a, a majority percentage. <laughs> He's at least one third of the looks. Come on. Out of the four of us. That bed is luxurious. Exactly. Yeah. Don't you dare do that. Okay, now we're all out of order. <laughs> JJ, what is your number one pick? Uh, my number one pick uh, was kind of spoiled, but it's it's Static Shock. Uh, it, so the cartoon was great, and I really liked the, the show itself. It's what introduced me to Static as a character. But 
Static is also a comic book character, and the comic books are more mature than the show. The show got a lot of flack for being sort of like a G-rated DC show, whereas, you know, like Justice League and Batman were, they kind of like skirted the line of like what what a kid's cartoon, air quotes, you know, kid's cartoon could get away with. And Can I just say? Can I just say? That's some bullshit because that <laughs> episode where it literally called out racism. So no, yeah, yeah. Uh, when it did go onto a heavy topic like racism, it it performed spectacularly. Like there was never a Batman episode where Batman fights racism. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it, it did get a lot of flag for not being as I I don't know like. It sort of felt like static was uh, a little more nerfed, like made to be to fit more of a a little kid kind of uh, aesthetic or or feel, right? Like it was a it was a TV Y show when it should have been a TV Y seven or whatever the fuck it is. It should have. It felt more like a PG to put it in movie terms. It felt more like a PG show, whereas like. Justice League and Batman were PG-13. And that's one of the things that a lot of people gave it flack for, especially considering that the comics tackled more real, more heavier subjects more often. Uh, The comics were sort of designed to fit like that Spider-Man archetype that Stan Lee set in the 60s, where he's going to be a real kid and he's going to be dealing with real problems while also, you know, fighting a dude that can turn into a puddle. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, the other thing that I think is really cool in terms of on the comic side of Static's history is that he's not an original DC character. He was created by this independent company, uh, Milestone, Milestone. Yeah. yeah. And it was uh, primarily black superheroes. Like, it was a primarily black company they focused on making minority superheroes uh it's not nails jackass it's me playing with my pen oh Oh, oh my god okay good so i was like who's cutting their nails like what the fuck sorry there's a secret chat that we can give each other codes to and i'm hearing this clicking i'm like that sounds like someone's cutting their nails i go look at there's a kid in a school shooter right now he's getting sacked he no, shot yeah. somebody. It, it did deal with heavy topics, but one of the things was like, I, don't, I, I can't really put it into better terms than saying that like, yeah, uh, it, sometimes Static Shock felt like it was a G-rated show, whereas, you know, other cartoons would have been like a, a PG-13. Right. Uh, or a TV-14, whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, Static and not just Static, Static was just sort of the one that became the the sort of the harbinger, the, the forebearer, the, the poster child for uh, Milestone Comics. Mm-hmm. Him and a bunch of other characters from that brand just got accepted and inducted into the DC Pantheon. And I thought, I think that's like great. Like, it's kind of shitty what DC did to Milestone. But in the long run, the characters are still around. 
and right. some of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you can find any of the comics, I highly suggest checking those out because I know the you first just... comic I, I ever bought was a Static Shock comic. Really? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like if you can't find the comics, the cartoon is good. Like, uh, you will, you might get that vibe of like this feels like they kind of like castrated him a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> but it it's still a solidly produced and acted show. The animation's good, and you get to he like fights alongside Green Lantern and Superman in a bunch of episodes. Like it's. He was fully accepted into the DC Pantheon at that point. So, <laughs> just to, uh, and one reason I'm not a big, huge DC fan is because they haven't really made a new Static Shock comic in years, which is yeah. fucking ridiculous. They they sleep on that property as if no one likes Static Shock and it annoys the shit out of me. It, and and you made a fucking Black Lightning TV show, but you don't want to make a Static that, yeah. Shock TV show. That shit pissed me off. Who like, gives a fuck about Black Lightning? It's the, it's the exact thing... same power set in Black Light. I'm going to say the CGI budget is just, what, you can't Ugh. afford the white slider on the lightning? <laughs> right. It's like, no, no, Black Light, it's easier to animate. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> oh, it's insulting. Well, JJ's I mean, number one static shock. Uh, just to kind of, I'm not piggybacking off of but just talk about DCEU for a little bit. I mean, I don't like them. I mean, or DC uh, shows in general, but I, you know, I don't like them for not for doing Static Shock dirty. But I'll always give them credit for give, making me give a fuck about Green Lanterns. Very true. Yeah. But you don't give the motherfucker a movie, TJ. You put what? goddamn Ryan Reynolds in some shit. No one even knows who the fuck that Green Lantern is. No one gives a fuck about Hal Jordan. Nope. We grew up with John Stewart. Give us John Stewart. They have the balls to make him the star of like one of the best. Like comic book shows on television. Yes. So he's one of the A cast. They didn't hide away from it. He was cool. He was cool rolling that too. Out here yeah. dating hot girl who was Hispanic for some reason. But um <laughs> out here dating hot girl. And they they out here, like you said, they try they hey. trying to hide the fact that that's the main cast Green Lantern. Look, hey, they hey. got a girl Hispanic Green Lantern. I don't want that. They got a white, the original white guy. I don't want that. They got the gay Asian one. Hey man, that's cool. I don't want that. They got the half. Oh, hey, they got the half Mexican one that is not Mexican. It doesn't uh, uh, Kyle, no Kyle Rayner. Kyle Rayner, oh, yeah, Kyle the Rayner, one yeah. no one likes. Right. <laughs> hey, and guess what? You want to hey. find his girlfriend in the fridge? Isn't yes, he did. Yeah, that's that's and the one. and <laughs> TJ another another one to wrestle your jimmies. Zack Snyder putting another billion dollars into the Justice League. And guess what? It's going to be Martian Manhunter. It's not even going to be the fucking Green Lantern. It's going to be fucking Martian Manhunter. Who gives a fuck about Martian Manhunter? Not me. He might be black. I can't. I can't. I can't either. I just, I can't get into Martian Manhunter. No, I'm just saying, though. You can you you introduce Jon Stewart at the end of this, which I think, because there's, apparently they're going to add one more to the Justice League at the end of this new Snyder cut. And, and allegedly it's Martian Manhunter. And I'm like, really? You're not going to introduce the fucking Green Lanterns? Like, that's... See, the whole we thing want them. We want they move Cyborg up to the A cast, which I don't approve of. Um, me neither. Cyborg me works either. best as a Teen but Titan. That's what yeah. I can never. I, I I need people to understand the cartoon defined my Teen Titans understanding, so I can never disassociate Cyborg from the Teen Titans. I'm sorry. And I'm in the A cast, if you want a black character, you got John Stewart right there, and he's <laughs> And 
on set for real, you were racist towards Cyborg. Yeah, right. <laughs> Treating Cyborg like shit. He wants to have nothing to do with you. He just right. keeps calling you out on Twitter. God yeah, damn DC it. DC needs to really reevaluate their lives. DC, care about black people. Please. I feel like, I feel yeah. like Kanye after Katrina. Good DC God. doesn't care about black people. <laughs> and then all of you guys can be Mike Myers. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still one of the most. <laughs> it's still the best that's, 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 that was one of the most sublime things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> George Bush doesn't care about black people, and then fucking Shrek is like, and then it cuts to Chris Tucker, <laughs> which, which I'm not sure is an upgrade. I don't think that's any better because he's like, what the fuck did he just say? <laughs> oh, it was great. Black top uh, black TV moments. <laughs> Kanye West, George Bush also, doesn't care about black people. Uh, John Stewart and Static Shock, voiced by the same dude. <laughs> Oh shit! Really Phil Lamar. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yeah, Phil Lamar's the man. Well, there you go. Also, Samurai Jack. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, you're number one. Number one's very simple. It is the net. Like, um, Michaela can tell you, uh, like, like, like how much I watch um, these and and how much it defines blackness to me in so many different facets and avenues. There's two people I'm gonna highlight in particular, but my number one is black comedians. Um, I think I think black comedians are the, I think uh, black comedians in particular, uh, Dave Chappelle, and I, I didn't say it during your Chappelle show, but I think that black, Dave Chappelle says something that always resonates to me. Comedians say the truth, uh, um, say the truth that need to be heard, but you know, they use it in a medium that's funny, right? So um, I think that with comics of all different varieties and forms, right? They've been able to express the intricacies of African-American lifestyles in a digestible manner over time that has made it to where the stereotypes are known, of course, but in any other facet, you know, it might've not been as accepted. My case in point is, I think Dave Chappelle's a great example of, from even his early on stand-up sets, he was dissecting not just, you know, African-American culture, but he was able to clown on everybody. Normally, you know, you wouldn't be able to do that on stage, right? You know, there's a lot of things that come with that backlash, but he normalized it. He made it part of his humor. And then he was able to bring about African-American topics and interactions with these different communities via his comedy. Um, I think that comedy is such a platform um, that you can have two different styles and vibes, four or 15 different styles and vibes that are all different. Richard Pryor is not the same as, you know, Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is not the same as a Bernie Mac. All of them talking about different facets and instances of African-American culture, but all culminate into those things all being correct. There's no wrong answer here. These are all outlooks and inlooks into the daily interactions with African-American lifestyles. I think that Black comedy is transcends just its own race. Um, as much as I hate to say it sometimes, you know, some some white people might catch catch themselves slipping um, and quoting lines from individuals like uh, Black comics, but it's just because they're so iconic and they're able to have this kinetic energy that exudes past just what you get from, you know, some of the same white comics at the same times. 
not to say comics in general, like I think comics in general aren't important. If you put any other race in this category, I'd still put comics at the top for most of them. Mm-hmm. But that's just because they're able to speak a truth through the through their comedy. Um, and I think it's undersold sometimes because I know that, that <clears throat> the one exception in this is Kevin Hart. Fuck Kevin Hart. I don't, I don't care. He's not funny. His first stand-up was funny. And he's been writing that ever since. Um, I'm kidding. I like he's he's I, I respect the hard work ethic, but uh and, and he ain't my favorite. But there's so many different aspects and outlooks that are just able to be talked about. Through, so, through so I have to ask. So your number one is just black comics in general? Or specifically yeah. anybody. Okay, I was just like, wait a minute, who is it? Is it? Oh, okay, okay. So, thought, so, so, so ultimately, so it's particular. It's Bernie Mac. That, I was like, okay, there he is. <laughs> no, there's two in particular that that resonate very well with me. One is Dave Chappelle, right? Um, but you know, that's just because I think he's the go-to comedy, right? But another, and there's a set that I wanted you to play, um, and it's just an example of how small black comics can st- still have like this energy to talk about certain things in such an amazing way and it's gonna be a little bit you know i just we can get two minutes deep into it but i promise y'all guys will you guys enjoy it it's actually greer barnes and on youtube it's the set for um if i were if a when if i were a white girl like um i can give you the exact name one second oh here we go. if i were a white woman yeah not uh if i was a white woman it's i would probably yeah. all right let's see here uh, let me make sure I can get this good. Yeah, and then you can play it. I'll, I'll be even quiet, but uh, yeah. everybody watch this. Yeah, this will this will be. Let me know if you can hear it. This will be echoey, probably. Oh, hold on. Unmute. Can you hear it? Yeah. They asked me if I wanted to make five dollars. I was like, I ain't got to take my pants off. Like, you want this five dollars or what? <laughs> I was in the park earlier today where I live at. And, um, <sighs> I was in the park earlier today and <laughs> I saw a black squirrel being chased by two gray squirrels <laughs> and I got anxious. <laughs> And I blurted out, run, nigga. Like, <laughs> that's bad, right? But he got away. <laughs> I was like, that's how you do it. <laughs> What's that? What don't I like? I'll tell you. <laughs> um, I don't like walking up behind white women at night. Makes me really uncomfortable. (laughs) So I cross the street. (laughs) Couple nights ago, I'm walking home. I got my beats going. I don't have no headphones. I just have beats. (laughs) 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 And I'm walking. I'll cross the street. 
<laughs> so now I'm walking in the middle of the street. <laughs> which makes it look even more creepy. <laughs> Almost like which one of these. <laughs> and then there's the cab driver. <laughs> Get out of the street, brother! <laughs> I'm like Vishnu, there are white women all over the place. <laughs> Holy shit, get in! <laughs> <laughs> and he drives me to safety. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, brother, when walking at night, you have to be very careful. These policemen and white women are very dangerous, brother. <laughs> you have to take care of yourself, Denzel. <laughs> Do, I mean, there's only two more minutes left. Are we playing the whole thing? I uh, just keep going. <laughs> Well, I, I, there's only so much I could do without getting in a row, so let's break it up. We're good. We're good. Okay, no, we okay. got the echo again. I was like, that's not my name. As my name is not Vishnu. <laughs> Touche, nigga. <laughs> if I was a white woman, I would rob black dudes. I walk up to black guys and be like, hi, my name is Sarah. Give me your wallet. <laughs> Sarah, that's my grandmama name. Give me your wallet or I'm going to scream. Here, Sarah. <laughs> I'll need to get the cops involved. Take it. Look at some of the white women like, wow, we could actually do that. <laughs> Try explaining that to a cop. Yeah, um, she was about this tall. <laughs> she had brown hair, brown eyes. I think she did yoga. <laughs> and she ran in that direction. Brown hair, brown eyes. Yoga. And you mean to tell me a man of your stature couldn't catch her? What I look like chasing a white woman? <laughs> um, first of all, he's talented. He's hilarious. He I would is. say, I'd recommend um, if you actually listen to his sound. If you, he has this one where he does, he mimics ping pong noises. Most impressive, like sound. Um, <laughs> True. Right. Um, but. Um, that was the longer of one of his sets that he has on YouTube. Um, and most of them usually cruise around 2.30. But um, to me, right, uh, that's a great example of you're weaving these thought processes, right? In particular, the whole walking behind white women, right? Or like, I, I don't be, know if it's like that be, for you, Tommy, but I'm a big black dude. I'd be gauge. Like, if I'm walking, like, you know. You I walk be, across. I, do, I literally do what he said. I do walk across the fucking across street. Across the street, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um 
And when he says, like, yeah, like, when I'm thinking about it and I'm walking behind a group of white, like, you know, if there was a group of two or a pair of two white women and I'm walking behind them, I'm like, this does not look good. I'm right. too black and I'm in black attire. I'm a... Yeah, I'm going to play my beats in my head, right? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Do you walk faster to get past them and risk them running? Or do you walk slower and look like you're lurking? That's that's my, that's my, I'm a big, I'm just a big dude, big scary dude. So that's what I have in my head. It's one of those things where I think that um, outside of him, you know, I, I wanted to do it from a smaller comic who's not well known um, just because like we all, doesn't matter how big or how small these comics are, they're able to resonate with these very, very real things and real things that go on through our heads. And I think that he does one that we're not normally thinking about, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like something as subtle as walking behind the street, whereas Dave Chappelle will tackle those bigger topics and they're able to have those inner dynamics and those uh, and those dichotomies about what's going on. I mean, Greer Barnes has one, he has one joke in a different set where he talks about <laughs> Uh, fat girl, white girls be crying after black men, like, because they leave the planet, right? And that's a smaller joke because uh, a lot of bigger white women just tend to tend to end up with African American men. It's actually a real thing. It's hilarious. Uh, we, we did a study <laughs> on it, but um, it, it's just those different aspects, those different facets, and those different outlooks we're able to have, and those converse, com- and those points of conversation can be brought through comics because um, it's easier to digest. If I were to mention those same things just out of the blue, right, um, it wouldn't be the same and it wouldn't resonate. You wouldn't be thinking about it. But now, you know, especially with the way that comedy is a facet, if you really like a comedian, you usually go back and watch other sets for them. Right. Mm -hmm. And then by the time you're done watching all these sets, you've now educated yourself on all these different African-Americanisms and different instances and different fears to where you might actually ask someone like, hey, is this a real thing? Mm hmm. Like, and that's what, that's what Michaela has done whenever she's heard me. <laughs> oh, no. Like, this is a real thing. Which I'm like, yes, yes, it is. Right. Um, and so, yeah, my number one is black comics. Um, but two in particular, if I had to pick, like, um, if I had to pick two names, uh, Dave Chappelle, of course, uh, but Greer Barnes, uh, because uh, I think that, first of all, just a small comic who I really, really love. He's hilarious. Right. right. And I've seen a lot of his work, too. Um, so I, I like him a lot. There's even smaller, even smaller comedians where they'll do simple shit about words. Like one guy was like, "You ever admit something to your friend that you also had to admit to yourself that you didn't know?" My buddy goes, "Yeah, man, I was like 27 when I realized it wasn't chest of drawers, <laughs> that it was chest of drawers." And this guy was like, "Here I am, 30 years old, not knowing that it wasn't chest of drawers." <laughs> Just like even like like you said, this big scale, small scale. I like the way you put it that way. That's real small scale stuff. Well, TJ, you're late for dinner, but let's get you out. Let's let's finish up with Tommy with his yeah, number one. I'll get us out of here quickly. Uh, so yeah, so my number one is a documentary based on my fucking hero, uh, a person I love so much. I'm probably actually gonna get a tattoo of him at some point in my life because he's that much of my hero. Always has been since I was a kid. That is Jack Johnson, and the documentary is called Unforgivable Blackness. Sorry, I'm just Jack Johnson, the fucking Hawaiian not, not guitar player, <laughs> the one who did the lead track for the Curious George not, movie. Not that Jason Mraz ass motherfucker. No. No, different Jack Johnson, the no, original I, Jack Johnson. I, I know, but it's funny because <laughs> because that Jack Johnson went to my college, and so he was a big deal in my brain. So when I think of, of Jack Johnson, did. yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. Right, right. But when I hear Jack Johnson, I know you mean the, the fighter. Yeah, yeah. but. At the same time, in my head, it's like that puny white guy. 
<laughs> oh, hold on. But go ahead, though. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, it's a documentary about Jack Johnson, who is, I mean, if you know, his story is way too much for me to even break down. But uh, he's from Texas also, which, of course, shout out to that. But uh, this motherfucker, first black heavyweight champion. Uh, that's not even the most impressive thing. This motherfucker married three white women in the early 1900s. <laughs> it's not why he's my hero, but that shit is oh, like, Tommy, Tommy, no, no, no. You're like a black Texan who married three white women. My the- goal, my dreams. <laughs> Heavy, heavyweight champions out of the out of the well, fucking, out of the realm right now. But three white women. That's achievable. <laughs> no, but the brashness and the I don't give a fuckness of him is why I love him so much. This is a black man from Texas in the early in the late 1800s, early 1900s who did not give a fuck. He was rich. He made his money and he said, I'm rich. I can do whatever the fuck I want to do. So he did that. He got arrested for it, of course. And still, though, he did. He still had that same steadfast attitude of like, you're still not going to fucking get me down no matter what you do. Right. Also an inventor. He uh, tweaked the monkey wrench, actually, uh, and patented an innovation on that. So he's a smart guy. It's, he's a very fucking interesting dude, Look, look at disinterested after knocking that dude yeah, out. Yeah, it was just, it was with ease. <laughs> a lot of those fights were just with ease for him. This is like, this, this is like when they integrated baseball for the first time, and all the black folk were just fucking, oh shit, this is really easy to hit off these white guys. <laughs> and that way, the fact that here's this black dude beating the shit out of white people in that time, he was a fucking hero. And then fucking he white women afterwards. And fucking white women afterward, he did everything a black person was not supposed to do back then. And that's why I fucking love that man. Like, he is my hero for that reason alone. And it's just, yeah, we live in a world that you're not supposed to be anything but what they want you to be. And he proved that wrong in one of the toughest fucking times for a black man to do that. Like, look, at, I mean, this actual footage they found, they colorized. Good God. Yeah. Just, oh, man, I want to top. You, you, I guess you get your hat like that, Tommy. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get one. Get you one of those hats. <laughs> I'll be, I, I'll be sitting there. I'll, I'll be one of the running for Tommy. Oh, uh, we have Mr. McGrew coming up right up. <laughs> oh, Mr. McGrew! Ah, hi. there he is, right there, fighting, fighting like a bat out of hell. Yeah, five on five, on five on McGrew. Yes, sir. <laughs> Tommy, you have it to be a southpaw. Be- you have to be a southpaw because you can be southpaw McGrew. See, <laughs> I don't care if you don't fight southpaw. And don't forget those motherfuckers fought like forty rounds. <laughs> that's right they, yeah. they fought till someone a lot of fell people forget about that yeah they they pretty much fought till somebody died almost. like so yeah well like look at this guy this guy's just holding on for dear life <laughs> just like please stop punching me you're a giant how are they in the same weight class oh no it looks so uneven right it doesn't even look fair why are your hands down he can't oh my god this is i mean it's very old-timey <laughs> boxing of course different style but yeah but good god look at let me just see do you just like this guy's just like, stop it. Stop hurting me. I can't. He can't do anything. He's throwing no, punches. He's, just, he's, just he's dancing with this them. fight already. He's, just, he's like, oh, see you, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like there's no knock knockout or anything like that. He's just, yeah, he's just, just wait dominant. till the round was over. <laughs> oh, there like, we go. There we go. I was, just, I was looking for some shots. You guys didn't see him oh, in action. Yeah. There you go. Just getting some work in. Look at that. Just like I can't do anything. He's on roller skates. I'll call McGrew with the left hook. Ah. <laughs> oh, he's wobbling. Tommy, when you have kids, I'm just going to tell them that's you. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, oh, yeah, your dad was a real good fighter, man. Just beating up white men. I've never seen quite the quite the arm like on that one. <laughs> Newsflash, old Lightning McGrew, once again. 
I like doing uh, the voice too. You do. But anyway. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and go over our list one more time. If you, please have yours ready by the time I, because I know you guys always forget. But Bro, my my number five, or rather my top five picks uh, for uh, Definitive Black Media is Chappelle Show, five. Number four, Roots. Number three, Stankonia and Slash Outcast. Number two, The Hyphy Movement. And number one, uh, The Olympic Black Power Fist Raise in Mexico City. JJ, what is your top five? Uh, my top five, Grand Theft Auto, San Andreas, uh, The Jeffersons, Dolomite <laughs> is my name. <laughs> Sorry, I just like, it was just like, uh, what was your first one? Your number five? Grand Theft Auto, Grand, San Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> to The Jeffersons. Jeffersons. <laughs> it's, 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 Opposite such a, ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Right. That was just such a fucking moonshot <laughs> of difference. Go ahead. Uh... Number four, The Proud Family, and my last pick was Static Shock. There it is. J- TJ, your top five. Number five is dope. Please go watch that movie. Number four is Barack Obese, still the best president. Uh, fight me on that one. Number four is Black Panther. Uh, need, nothing needs extra needs to be said. Number two is The Boondocks. If you haven't watched that, you don't like black people. And number one is Black comedians in general i don't think any one or any particular one or any is is, not to say is one is more impactful than the other i think every single one of them has an avenue of understanding that we need to listen to uh to better you know get a read on what black culture and black and black life is really like tommy tommy right number five was atlanta number four minutes to society Number three, Michael uh, Kiwanaku. Uh, Kiwanaku. Uh, yeah, I don't know African <laughs> names. I'm sorry. <laughs> number number two was Black Panther and the Crew, and number one was Unforgivable Blackness, documentary about Jack Johnson. All right. Well, that's it for our top five. That's it for our Black History Month super specials that were going on. But we'll be returning. We're not. We're not quite done yet with it because I'll be back Wednesday with a little bit of gaming. Uh, I'll switch up the games right now. As you can see, I got new graphics and everything, and, and I'm trying to get a little bit of a push. We have a schedule out, so be sure to follow us on all social media. You can find me at the Mexlins on all forms of those social medias. Just find me by looking down below. And uh, Wednesday, you'll see me there. And then Saturday, I believe, is going to be a. Uh, duo it's going to be wandavision season finale and catch up for the rest of the season y'all haven't done which is fine and then uh coming to america will also be reviewed then but once again follow me follow us down below there jj where can they find you you can find me on instagram at super J. uh tj where can they find you holla at your boy on the instagram at tj mana um, the only other month that gets me more hyped up than Black History Month is when you eventually get back to some of the Latino history culture. Um, for some, which I have lots of history with for some reason. You know this, Sammy. I took a bunch of classes on it. Um, but uh, the more culture we're able to spread, African, Hispanic, minority culture in general, that's the important part here. I'm off my high box. Follow your boy, TJ Mana. To you, Mr. McGrew. Uh, Tommy McGrew Art Instagram. All right. Well, that's it for us, everybody. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you next time. Be sure to follow all those socials to find out where we'll be next because everything's ramping up, guys. I'm getting my second COVID shot, so we're going to go back in the studio. I'm cleaning up. It's it's a mess in here. Uh, outside of this, is it's just complete chaos. So await our glorious return back in the house in studio. Until then, uh, we will see you all next time. Goodbye, everybody. Everybody wave bye to everybody.
Everybody, everybody, everybody. And we are out of here.